more and more people are spending more and more time on their personal computer and on their mobile devices. And consequently, they're, they're always looking for information. So if you're not in front of them all the time, and these are the core principles of marketing, frequency and repetition, those two things have worked for a hundred years since the diamond days and they still work today. Welcome, everyone, to Kestra Out Loud, where we amplify the voice of the financial advisor. I'm Maria Bethel, and I'm here today with my co-host, Amy Gordona. Amy, would you like to play your intro music for everyone? (laughs) That is not your intro music. You're going to have to try again. Oh. Oh. I told Maria, Isn't it that beautiful? has to follow me around the office everywhere I go. That was pretty good. That was like a uh, fairy goddess yeah. or yes. uh, type music. The other thing, I don't know, you were going to fall asleep at night. It was like rain and uh, crickets or whatnot. <laughs> crickets. Yeah. That's what ha- actually happens in a meeting. But what right. really I want in a meeting is I walk in and then everyone goes, <laughs> I mean, I do that when she walks in the room, but... but- they're paid to do that. There we go. <laughs> Part of my salary when she hired me. <laughs> We're excited to welcome our very special guest today, Ted Jenkins. Ted has been an entrepreneur, a leader and a social media pioneer in the financial services industry. So we're very excited to have him here today. He is the founder and CEO of HyperChat Social and Oxygen Financial. Two companies. Two. Two, two companies, not, one, not just two. one, two companies. We'd also like to throw out there. The rest of us are failures. I feel like a failure. I would tell you guys, I would tell you guys something. (laughs) I, I, people collect a lot of things. Some people collect stamps and coins and baseball cards. You collect businesses. I collect LLCs. In fact, so much so I'll tell you a quick story here to start the thing. This is pretty funny. I collect, I probably have 20 LLCs. Okay. Is that all? No, no, no. Some of them are, no, some of them are just, (laughs) they're just collectible items. Like I haven't done anything with it, but I thought one day it would be funny, and I made the name LLC, comma, LLC, E-L-E-L-S-I, LLC, LLC, and I was sure that some Hispanic company in Georgia I could sell it to at some point. Do you want the name LLC? LLC. So, Well, you are definitely thinking ahead. Yeah, yeah. No doubt about it. I promise you, that's a keeper. I'm going to sell that one. I wish I would have thought of that. <laughs> That and Spanx. I wish I had thought about Spanx. Oh my God. Sarah Blakely's amazing. I met met her. She's She's amazing. Amazing. Amazing business, amazing entrepreneur, amazing leader in Atlanta. Yes, definitely. So on top of collecting your LLCs, um, you apparently also have time to be the weekend personal finance expert for CNN Headline News, right? Yeah, that's right. Six years now. Six years and... Apparently squeezing time to be a freelance writer for the Wall Street Journal. Yes. Yes. I've, uh, I think I've done 150 articles for them. That's incredible. For the Wall Street Journal. Yeah. That's awesome. So, uh, in case you were wondering if Ted is qualified to speak to us today about social media and advertising, I think so. Highly qualified. I'm pretty sure. We're going to tackle a fun subject today, um, social media, digital marketing, PR for financial advisors. One of the things that we find still most interesting about uh, digital marketing in the financial services is that we were stuck with not one arm tied behind our back for years, but two arms tied behind our back. And so you managed to get loose the cuffs of, of most compliance departments and managed to really 
get your social media platform up and running. You have been extremely visible. You've been doing what what a lot of financial advisors have not been able to do. So how is that really, we're going to start with how that really has affected your business. Well, I mean, let's think about this. Uh, You know, I think it used to be that a lot of marketing was push marketing, you know, uh, go to Rotary, go to Kiwanis, run dinner seminars, you know, get out there and get elbow to elbow with people, you know, shake the hands of the people in your community and get clients. And, And I think that will still work today. But as the internet has proliferated, more and more people are spending more and more time on their personal computer and on their mobile devices. And consequently, they're they're always looking for information. So if you're not in front of them all the time, and these are the core principles of marketing, frequency and repetition, those two things have worked for a hundred years since the diamond days and they still work today. We're just in a visible social society today. So if you're not in front of them all the time, there's no way for them to share your story. Uh, there's no way for them to want to go to your website. And that's really what we did. And I'll tell you compliance wise, Look, don't make this complicated. In the old world, you couldn't talk about securities. In the new world, don't talk about securities. And by the way, on social media, nobody wants to hear about the price of Apple or the price of gold. They want stories that are interesting, that they can read and are snackable and that you can share with friends. I think Maria has one of the key questions of the day that's really going to hook advisors in terms of why this is so important. Yeah. um, We just kind of want to jump right in there and ask you, how many of your clients do you attribute to your digital marketing strategy? Well, we were somewhere in the nature. I think we acquired an in oxygen as a whole, 377 new clients last year, just to give you perspective. Just last year. 377 clients came in digitally. Half half of those did. It was about 190 or so came through digital marketing, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, pull marketing, eBooks, But I will tell you, uh, almost the whole other half were referrals. And you see, most advisors will say, if I got a referral, I got it because I'm just good and my clients like me and they like my financial planning, blah, blah, blah. That's BS. A lot of referrals come because your clients see something out on the internet and then they talk to their friend. They say, hey, Jane, my my, uh, advisor wrote this article on why the 4% withdrawal rule is broke and it's really interesting and you should take a look at it. And that generates the referral. So what's harder to discern on the other half of it, because I think the number is more like 75 to 80%, is how many of those referrals really came because somebody saw something socially of ours and then shared it with somebody else. Can you share it all? Like, how are you able to track that? Like, are you... When you get those leads, are you, do you have some kind of tracking mechanism yeah. in place? So I recommend for most advisors and every single contact form and what we call to be landing pages or squeeze pages that we build on the website, we always have a drop down form that says, how do you hear about us? Now, do people always check the right box or click the right box? No, but it gives us at least a directional focus on where the clients came from based upon where they said they came from. Every once in a while, they click other which could be anything, but we know if they came from referral because they clicked to the drop down boxes and we don't do any outbound marketing. You know, we don't do dinner seminars. I'm not, I'm not out, you know, uh, trying to build CPA alliances. It's just not the way that so we your market. Entire marketing plan um, is based around almost 100% a digital yeah. strategy. Yeah. I mean, there's two ways to do this. You can run around and chase people all day, or you could wait for them to chase you. You tell me which one's better. <laughs> and so how does the social media, well, I guess that it, we answered our own question. The social media component <laughs> is a core piece really of right. your marketing plan, what it comes down Here's to. Here's where it augments it. Think about, I just put out a book called the 21 day budget cleanse, which is really about helping people get man- better at managing their cash flow. And so 
a normal advisor that says I have a million dollar minimum will say, why am I going to give that to somebody? Because somebody that has a million dollars, they don't really care about their cash flow, which by the way is, is a load of crap. People that make 50,000 or 500,000, what they mostly complain about is managing their cash flow. So putting up stories about how to cut the cord, I got a referral from somebody who basically said, hey, I, I gave the book to a neighbor of mine. They saved $1,000 on their whole cable bill by cutting the cord. And then they were like, I got to meet Ted. And, and you see, that's the thing, like, you know, d discussing your retirement income portfolio, it, nobody goes to a party and says, you know, Amy, I, uh, I was thinking about <laughs> other day, like my whole large cap, small cap mix. And, uh, <laughs> what are you doing? You know, what people are talking about at, at those parties are saying, you know, my kid's 22. It's like, I heard you kicked your kid out of the house. Is did that you a, kick your kid out of the house? Of course I did. Yeah. I kicked my oldest daughter right out of the house. I said, get the, out of my house. She graduated college and I said, listen, you are never going to be able to be successful in life with your own money until you value a dollar. And I'm not going to give you another one and go out and get an apartment and get a job. And so she graduated school. She cried. My wife cried. I laughed. And <laughs> they all, she went out. And in fact, I did a headline news story and I told my daughter, I go, you're coming on headline news and we're talking about how I kicked you out of the house. And we did it. And it was great. It was a national TV segment we did. I'm going to divert for one second. So- how old is she today? You kicked her out at she's, 22? Yeah, she's 20. She's 23. She's 23. And how does she feel about it a year later? She is super stoked. I mean, it was the best thing that we ever did. And she said, you know, I feel more empowered about handling my own finances. It's scary, but I realized why you did it. And I thank you. And, you know, at the time she said a few not nice things to me. So did my wife. Uh, but at the end, I think it was it the happens. best move. Plus I have two other kids and I was like, Hey, see what you did with your sister. Mm, you're next. And so that's, that's basically what we Look did. Learn. Was the trial learn. Learn. Yeah. <laughs> you actually said something a minute ago that I kind of want to touch on. And you're saying that some of the clients who are on your website and they're choosing from a drop down, yeah. how they became aware of your company, one of your 22 companies yeah. and they don't always maybe choose the right thing. And I would like to know a lot of advisors from my experience have been like, I need to prove ROI. If I can't prove that marketing has um, given me at least 10% new clients this year, then it's not worth it. But yeah. from everything I'm hearing from you, you're saying, I didn't get that referral just because I'm awesome and I'm great. I got that referral because they know me and they I'm continuously and repeatedly I'm in front of them. Yeah, if a financial advisor said that to me, I would start to say, I would question how good of a financial advisor you are. Mm. Let me tell you why. Because there's two types of ways that you make money as a business owner. One is what you're talking about, ROI, which is really cash flow. If I invest $20,000 in marketing and I don't bring back at least, you know, 40,000, this was no good. Itself, right? Then there's the second thing in here. And I know this because I did it already about the exit. When you sell your business, is your business going to be worth more branded or is it going to be worth less if it's not branded? If you show somebody that you're acquiring X amount of clients and generating X amount of leads per year and you you all know in marketing the difference between aided awareness and unaided awareness and you can show these things to somebody, your business is so much more valuable and then you tell me uh, what the ROI is on that. Now, I sold part of our business to Blue Spring and I'm rich. Okay. <laughs> 
I feel like it worked out for you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and you're actually going to be doing a podcast later today or tomorrow with yeah. our Blue Spring. But I'm just saying, like, the whole advisor thing, what's funny about it is that I know what you're talking about. It's the advisor that says... They don't want to spend the yeah, money. If I don't right. see ROI in three months, uh, I'm going to be out of this. It's like, if yes. someone gave you a million dollars and said, Amy, you're going to manage my money. I'm going to give you three months to get me a return, or if not, I'm gone. You You'd would tell them... they were crazy. Well, you would just tell them to hit the door and say, I'm not even going to do anything with you. Listen, if you're going to invest money in marketing, it's at least a 12-month before you can even assess if it's working. Three months is dogpile. It does nothing. And then there's the long tail of referrals and branding and the long ROI of selling your business. It is the biggest massive mistake that advisors make is they cheap out on what they put into their business so marketing. Why wise. won't they spend the money? Because financial advisors are cheap. And actually, I will say this, and please don't hate me here at the Kester Conference, but I will say, I think most financial advisors are really good financial advisors and they're really bad business owners. And so you have to ask yourself, like, what, what am I better at? Yeah. I mean, if you've got a local company that has an HVAC company or they have a plumbing company and you said, well, don't put more than two or $3,000 into marketing. By the way, if you can't get a wholesaler to like pay for it, then, then don't do it. That is the dumbest thing I ever heard of. One million dollar client at and a wrap account at one percent is ten thousand dollars of annual revenue. If you do a net present value on that client over ten years, that's a hundred thousand dollars. Besides what you could sell them for, what are you talking about? <laughs> it is the best single investment that you could make. Like, why would you even invest in the stock market if you knew you could make return in your business? It doesn't make any sense to me. So let's try to get tactical for one minute because we want to try to help some people get over the hump. So if you could try to help financial advisors with the one, two, three things they can do to get started, yep. like what are the top three things you think they should invest in? Okay, number one is, I'm not saying to build a new website. What I am saying is that your website must be able to convert. You and your eight people in your firm in front of a, the library of your office with a beautiful picture means you nothing. You mean the websites from 1985 that they haven't touched <laughs> yeah. since 1985? Exactly. <laughs> uh, I think Emerald websites still have like a picture of a phone that, you know, has a rotary on it or something like that. <laughs> And they're standing behind the um, the backdrop with their tide on the chair. Yeah, it's it's hysterical. <laughs> and, you know, nobody's really reading about your holistic view to financial planning because, you know what, nobody cares. What you have to do is make sure the front page of your website or build a page can convert. And ask yourself this question. How many people went to your website last month and how many leads did you get? And if you got no leads last month and you had a thousand people that came to your website, then fire your web people. Fire your marketing people because they're not doing anything. Number two. Get one post every day. And by the way, Amy, this is not that complicated. You could do something called newsjacking, which is go to the Wall Street Journal. You're going there anyway. Go to CNBC. Look at the trending articles that are trending because they're the most popular. And then just click that link, put it up on LinkedIn or put it up on Facebook, and then create a small URL that goes to your website. Mm -hmm. But if you don't post up every day, you're going to be invisible, Right. This would be like telling Geico, don't run the uh, 15 minutes, saves you 15 percent commercial every day. You know why they run it every day? Because it works. Why does Arby's run the We Have Meats commercials every day? Because it works. So if you're not in front of people every day, somebody else is and they're getting more visibility than you are. And then the last thing that I would say is put some budget together to do tactical marketing that might be in LinkedIn. It might be running Three to five hundred dollars a month in Facebook ads. You can really target today because Facebook is a maturing platform. It's easy today. S mm. Super easy. We do it all day. We average sixty dollars a lead right now on Facebook. That's nothing. <laughs> yeah. You tell me. It's tell nothing. me what your time is worth if you're going to chamber of commerce meetings and being like, Doug, we should get coffee one day. It's like, 
By the time you go to the meeting, (laughs) lots of coffee, pay for the coffee. Doug, how about a lunch and we'll talk about your money? It's like, what? No, you can make people come to you. I'd rather sit in my office and go, great, you found me. Let's meet. Right? You know, that's that's a better way to do it. So I do those things up front. They're pretty easy to install. And you were saying something that really stands out to me, and it's repetition is key, right? I think one of the most detrimental things that I've seen advisors do over the years is they have a Facebook page, they have a LinkedIn page, and it has one random post every month. And it's not going to work. And tell us why it's not going to work. It's not going to work because for a hundred years, the main two principles in marketing, you do radio, TV, print, pick the medium that you want is frequency and repetition. Mm -hmm. Like what's your message message and how often do you put it in front of people? That has never changed. That classic stat that of marketing, it's never gone away. It takes people seven to 10 times to even remember that they saw it. Never mind what you said in it. Seven to 10 times. We, just remember. We, we have a real brand in Atlanta. If you ask somebody in the ground, had they heard of Oxygen Financial? They would say yes. Now, are they all doing business with us? No. Will they? No. Who cares? If I acquire 377 clients a year in the next decade, we're going to acquire 4,000 clients. <laughs> I, I want to talk about this new business card you have. I can't even pick it up off the table. <laughs> I hope but it doesn't make pretty noise. My nails, that thing in there? my nails. <laughs> so listen, If you are going out and doing tactical marketing, you realize that most people are basically throwing your business card in the garbage. You have to just look yourself in the mirror and say, when I hand it to them, they're going to throw it in the circular file. So one of the ways, especially your higher end prospects to differentiate is get a better business card. So I took a business card, a die cast metal. We carved the logo in this. It cost me. It's heavy. It cost me, yeah, this is it. It cost me $2 a card to basically make this card. Still can't pick it up. When I hand it to an owner, though, a C-level executive, a CEO of a company, they grab it. They're like, this is pretty cool. And it's like, of course, that's why I'm better than the other people here in this city. And that's why I always say, too, that don't forget some of the old tactics still work. You just have to differentiate yourself. Yeah. Like a business card. A business card has been around since the beginning of time, but how do you make it different? How do you stand out? So even so, I'll tell you what's funny is our two tchotchkes, you know, people, you, I saw this here last night at the Super Bowl party. They got koozies, they got hand flappers, they got, yes. what am I going to do with the pom-pom? Bring it to the airport? I, You're so, not cheering yourself on as you go to the airport? I should do that. Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. it can work. Um, but I do two things now. One is that I co-pack coffee. Okay, so it's not that expensive. I have a co-packer that makes oxygen coffee and we give it to clients. And when they're making that coffee at home, they every see your time, brand every day. Every the time. brand comes out and they go, I like those oxygen folks. And I also made, uh, they're called dip clips. And so when you get fast food on the road from McDonald's or Chick-fil-A or one of those places, there's nowhere to put your ketchup or your honey mustard. So these plug into the air conditioning vent and it, it's a universal holder and it holds the thing. If you have kids, you're worried about them spilling it stuff in the back you of your mean car. My two girls that eat Chick-fil-A, like it's going out of business. Right. And they mm-hmm. love the sauces. So this just drop I'll send you some They're up at the very home office. particular about their sauces. Yes. Yeah. So they put- shout at me from the to-go. Make yeah. sure you get the Chick-fil-A sauce. <laughs> yes, I've been there too. It's a very serious thing. <laughs> it's no joke. It's no joke, but these will hold them right in there. And so if people don't throw that away, you know, koozies, hats, I mean a lot of that's junk. They just I love throw the away. coffee idea. Coffee's great. Yeah, we're coffee you. junkies. See, absolutely. Got it right here. <laughs> six, wow. six bucks to co-pack a you know, pound of it. It's easy. I like that. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to play a little game now. 
Good. Well, wait, I want to ask. One more oh, is this truth or dare? Or no, it's it, not. We're going to we're going to go off um, trail here and we're going to say one thing. One thing I I always say, if you want like the easiest view, whether you're an advisor, business owner, entrepreneur, whatever um, you are, I always am like, what works for you when you're shopping for something you personally want? Right. When you're looking for a yeah. service that you want, does a card like this that somebody hands you, does that go, oh, that's kind of cool to you? Does a website that looks like it's from 1985, does that resonate with you? It probably doesn't. You know what resonates with me? Those Instagram ads that stalk me all the time. <laughs> the right. algorithms Do you know how many are real. times I've bought well, off of those? Well, that's a, you know, a good brand like Noble. I don't know if you've ever seen their sneakers, but they, they did really well on that. Uh, but this is a good example, Amy, that it costs you nothing to install a remarketing pixel on your website. And this is just mm -hmm. a, a little piece of code that you can do the same thing. And then you can decide how much money am I willing to spend to get Amy to do business with me? So if you came to my website, the website tracks your IP address. So it'll slap an ankle bracelet on you basically is what it will. Follow and then, me around. And then I could say, look, I'm willing to spend $20 to see if I could reconvert you back down the funnel because if somebody came to your website, they're probably half interested in your company. So we do a ton of, of uh, remarketing off of our website. I love that. Well, I think it might be time to play our game. I love the game. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm down for this this morning. It's a surprise game. We're going to play a little game called Plead the Fifth. Yeah. That's my music. Okay. That works. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Thank you. It's a real game show. I love now. your mic drops here. This is great. What else is in the mic drops? We got drums. We got drums. See, uh -huh. that's, 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 that's for good. all of your jokes. You should have done that at the LLC, LLC one. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Missed our opportunity. Missed opportunity. <laughs> we'll edit it in. We'll go. That's we funny. need to edit that in for sure. So, um, so what's the game called? Here's the game. It's called Plead the Fifth. We're yeah. going to ask you three questions. You Ooh. can only plead the fifth on one of the three questions, which means you have to answer two of these questions. Okay. Is Pedlo going to see this or no? Is he is he going to hear this? Um, I may be able to skirt that by. Okay. But he's got a pretty good sense of humor. We're really That's true. That's that we true. Have a great CCO. He does so have a great sense of humor. I think he humor. might be on board no matter what the answer right. is. So we'll see how that goes. So the first question for you is, do you follow all of your own advice? Oh, I would say pretty much, yeah. Pretty much. I because pretty much, I yeah. don't. I, st I have a shoe closet that proves I don't follow my own advice. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm, I'm actually pretty frugal altogether. Uh, but I uh, I guess the advice I don't follow is, you know, I tell people you probably should have some balance in your life. And I mean, I work an insane amount of hours. It's crazy. I work every day. All day, every day? Not all day, but I mean, it depends like what, you know, it's marketing. If I'm in a, if I'm in a rhythm writing or I'm in a rhythm, you know, doing something, my mm -hmm. creative juices are going, I could spend a whole Sunday and work. Absolutely. How many hours do you sleep? I would say between four and five hours a night. And that's enough? It catches up to me. You know, I'm good for about three weeks and then I just hit a complete wall. I go a day into like a bear. I'm in hibernation for 24 hours and then I come back out. <laughs> Is that how you came up with the coffee idea? You're like, I'm oh, sleeping five up. hours a night. <laughs> I have a lot of bad ideas and a few good ones that come out of it. But, you know, I had a lot of bad ones along the way, too. And that's OK. That's a good point. Sometimes we have bad ideas that don't work. And that's OK. That's how you learn and grow, evolve. All the brands have. I think about this in my city. Coke actually had new Coke at one point. Remember, this was back and oh, it yeah. just yep. completely blew up. And they're like, yep. hey, it's a classic Coke now. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we were kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. If you were sitting with your daughter and she started divulging 
her date, the the details of her dating life. Yeah. Could you hang? Yeah, I'm good. But look, I've always been an open book with my kids. In fact, I'll tell you the funniest thing about this is, and I couldn't do it on this podcast, but I have a total potty mouth. It's awful. (laughs) The the F word is definitely part of my vocabulary. Anyone who's listening that knows me knows that this is a highly constrained version of me. Right. Well, crazy as it is, Amy, none of my kids will curse. So n- none of them will say the F word at all. When the, Now when I say it, they're just like, you don't really need to use that word. And I go, the f- I do? Yes, I do. <laughs> My son actually says the same exact thing to me. Mom, stop saying that. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. sorry. I was like, what's, what's wrong with you kids? It's a verb. It's an adjective. It's a noun. It, it, gets, your voice, it gets your point across. It does. Yeah. Right? I enjoy it. Yeah. I like it. So, you know. I keep doing it, but I'm glad we're all on the same page. I'm glad that my kids have been very open with me and I've been open with them. Just like I, if you meet me anywhere, you can ask me anything. It's so much easier to do life without having secrets or, you know, how I'm feeling. I just say what I say, you know, and some people won't, won't do that, but I would. Oh, well, I guess we'll jump into your third question, which is. Maybe he's not going to plead the fifth at all. Oh no, these are, these are, I didn't think, yeah, you. Oh, well, we'll see. (laughs) <laughs> What's this one? So when did you decide to give up pursuing your childhood dreams? <laughs> I don't even know. What do you mean with my childhood dreams? <laughs> yeah, everyone's what? got a childhood dream. Like, I'll, t- I'll tell you when. <laughs> this is on a serious note. I had always dreamed about being like one of those uh, Wolf of Wall Street type people. And, you know, unfortunately, when I finished high school and I got right into college, I went to Boston College. My dad passed away. And my mom was a fifth grade school teacher and he left her in piles of nothing. And so my mom basically said, there's no reason for you to return home. Like you just basically, you know, maybe this is why I did this to my kids. I feel like this might be a therapy session. I actually, uh, I feel like we just hit and, it. Like yeah, and, nerve. And yeah. my mom said, look, I love you. You know, you, you just got to go figure it out yourself. And so, you know, I'm trying to do the right thing for you here. There's nothing here for you, you know? And so I went to Boston college and then I started in this business in 91 in Boston and, and, it forever changed my life. So I am going to dig deep for a yeah. second there on a serious note. Yeah. Do you think that's why you're in financial services? Because you said your father left your mother with basically a pile of nothing. It is why. So do you it think is, that like mentally wow. powers No, no, no. You? It is why I got into this business because I said, and it's been great for me because I didn't never think I could make this kind of money doing this. But I, I always wanted to be a school teacher. My mom is a wonderful woman. She did a great job raising me. And she's a great teacher, but you can't make any money being a teacher. And I thought, I wonder if I could just teach people that maybe make a little bit more than being a teacher. And it turned out like this, this career is therapy in and of itself every day. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's a great every, way. To, every day. It's a great way to end this segment. That is. Thank you, Ted. Yeah. Thanks we for having me on, on the, uh, the Out Loud podcast. I like this. Thank you. Get ready for your career to take off. <laughs> <laughs>